Sky Sports Radio loves talking racing. The people. The jockeys. The horses. The gates open now. They're off and racing. Time now for Punter's Postmortem. Have a look at this. How much did this have on the field? Analysis of the weekend's racing plus your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem and Sky Sports Radio right across New South Wales via our radio network, wherever you're listening this morning, good morning to you. Or if you're listening on the Tab app across the country, uh, good morning. The next hour we've got uh, a good discussion coming up about the Saturday that was the weekend that was not only here in Sydney uh, but also in Melbourne and for that fact around the country. It's about you guys, the punters, so if you've got any calls or text messages for our panel the first of the text line, 0419 767 272. plenty of those questions coming through. Or give us a call on 135353. We're going to pretty much open those lines straight away too. So if you want to, to ask our panel of Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey, anything about the weekend, you can chime in straight away. It was day two of the championships a day. Well, they sent him down on the plane. It was COVID times. Was he at his top? Last time out, when we saw him at Rose Hill, he certainly was the bulldog that we all know and love. Well, if you backed him, you loved him on Saturday. Ron Doversy, it was great to see that uh, race. I tell you what, Tom Markin, what a what a what a what a bloke. He just you wouldn't meet a nicer human being, mate. No, you would not. He's great for racing. He enjoys his Australian stints. He's had a good horse to come over with, though, and he's done the job on him twice now. And um, who knows, we may even see him next year. But he's a real second-up performer. He's a real trier and he's a class animal. There's no doubt about it. He certainly is. Dean Lester, we had a massive day down there in Melbourne. We saw Pikey in town and, well, he wins more races. Yeah, he just uh, drops in, rides a treble, a big day of uh, racing. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, we're, we're loving uh, when he comes, uh, comes to Melbourne and uh, we might see it more and more. And Glenn Munsey, uh, wonderful scenes at uh, in Sydney on Saturday. And we'll talk about your horses to follow a bit later in the program. But what was the one thing that you, you took away as you walked away from Ramwick on Saturday, mate? Uh, morning, Dave. Morning, Ronnie. Morning, Dean. I don't know whether it was you, Dave, uh, prancing around on the balcony there at Ramwick, posting things on social media while you know most of the organisation was flat out giving their guts for the company. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, typical uh, of some people anyway. But no... Uh, uh, I just think, you know, we write these horses off, Dave, the really, really good horses, but um, you, you can't take anything away from a day. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, a horse that I, I've been just really on the back of the last couple of weeks, Jewess, uh, I was really, really impressed with what she did. To come from a midweek race at Warwick mm. Farm to go bang, bang in a seven-day period and win the Adrian Knox and be runner-up in the Oaks, that's a magnificent effort by Ed Cummings. Yeah, it certainly was. And you know what? I saw Ed uh, just waltzing around by himself on Saturday and uh, he was very confident uh, with Jewess and excited to see what's in store for her as her career goes on. Duff, I heard you mention about it and there's already been uh, several texts. Um, and I'll, I'll come to the three of you on this. Obviously, there's been a lot of discussion about the track and, and how the, the track was playing. There are a few questions here from our punters about a lot of them obviously keep databases and, and like to follow form. Uh, when assessing these horses... Uh, in their next runs, are you going to be giving more of an advantage to those you know that, that like to dig their toe in that you know it wasn't a genuine genuine good four? Oh, you'd have to just you know like it wasn't a good four times. Uh, I think we all agree it was a soft five. Um, the jockeys thought that, um, the trainers thought that, the horses that don't like the going showed that. Um, so, yep, uh, you know this is not. Flemington or Caulfield that 
uh, on a different base to Ramwick. Ramwick has stru- struggles to dry out. It's, it's as simple as that, and it's never been a process we've been through before. So it's just changing the goal ca- goalposts on a on our feature day that I think everyone's upset about. Dino, what did you make of it uh, from afar? Oh, I've been waiting 16 years for this since Bobby <laughs> Deva's third Melbourne Cup. <laughs> this was a magnificent day. No, in all seriousness, I, I was staggered that, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard to say from afar, but uh, as Duff said, I've never heard them applying irrigation the day before Randwick. It's a matter of it drying out usually. So, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it certainly, and it's had a bit of, you know, it had a bit of wear last Saturday and... Uh, yeah, it it certainly played, uh, you know, and on the worst side of a of a fall. All right, Munns, you're the the track man. When we have the punters panel, you got all stats. What were the stats uh, in the morning when you got that track information through? Say compared to other weeks we've had. Well, well, Dave, I've got every Ramwick track back to February uh, last year uh, that was rated a good four on the morning of the races, and only once in the last. Uh, well, now 14 months has a track rated similar to to Saturday, uh, the Peno, that is, a 5.14 Peno back on the 1st of February last year. And, and it was a good four track this year. Many, many occasions, uh, the Peno between sort of 5.04, and that's regarded as pretty firm uh, at Ramwick, to, to 5.09. So to be 5.10 on Friday... You're saying to yourself, "Well, yeah, it's getting to the getting to the firm stage, but we're also at a time of the year, um, you know, to have 5.1 in the middle of April is far different to having 5.09, for example, in um, uh, the end of October, as we're getting, you know, the end of spring going into summer, or 5.09 um, in the middle of in the middle of summer." Um, the Peno told you it wasn't going to be that bad, but you know the immediate reactions on on, on Saturday morning, uh, and I know Mark Newnham reacted at you know at six o'clock on Saturday morning after he'd ridden work on it uh, to say that geez this is this is softer than what you think. So you know the, the the stats are there, but they're not always the true indication of what the track actually is. The, you know the penetrometer reading is only a number. And I suppose you've got to look. I know um, some of the boffins that uh, on on social media they had the track a soft five after two races, a uh, time wise. Mm. It's funny speaking with a few of the jockeys on Saturday night. The the word they kept using was sticky. It felt quite sticky. So uh, I, Duff, I mean you've ridden horses here on this panel. I mean when 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 jockeys start talking about being sticky and whatnot, is it is it? Can you explain? Or I mean, I know you weren't riding Saturday, but. Mm. Is that a phrase that's been used before? What, 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 do they, what would they be meaning if they're saying, oh, I just felt really sticky underfoot? Well, it was, it was softer than expected. It, like, it's, it was a 18-degree day or something. It, there was no wind. Um, it was overcast all day. And uh, that was another reason. I thought, well, the, the forecast... And, and we had a 50% chance of showers on the day. Uh, so that's what just puts me on the back foot and the you know t- two weeks prior we're breaking course records and and every horse is having their chance um so it's just a complete reversal of what we've been having and and Ramwick's at its best when it's hard I'm convinced about that um you know some trainers call for rain or go call for watering and some don't um we're in a self-interest sport but you know, when, when we, you know, the punters fund the game, and and they're working on a, you know, they're thinking by Friday after all those twenty nine degree days, you know, we're we're going to have a lovely, firm track here, and let's do our form accordingly, and and bet early accordingly, 
and then at the twenty fourth hour, you know, the, uh, we have we throw two mils on it when it well it obviously didn't need it. Mm. Let's talk about the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Uh, so it was. It looked like a messy race watching it live. Then you can go back and watch the tapes. And look, obviously, a Dave missing the kick through a spanner in the works. Uh, they all sort of looked at each other and went, "Hang on a second. Um, first question. Then there's a, a couple of things on the text line here. I know it was a big race in a small field, Duff. But you know how we're always talking about these speed maps, and we see sometimes jockeys getting in trouble with speed maps. Do you think that's coming into play even more now when something like that does happen, where a Dave misses the start and they all look at each other and go, "Oh." We didn't have a plan B or a plan C, and it actually took Kira McAvoy to go, well, I'll roll forward on the uh, South Australian horse. Yep, and they, they did come out and say uh, to be ridden more forward on Dallasan anyway. Uh, so it was a typical um, Group 1 wait-for-age tactical battle, um, and, you know, they, they all had to go to plan B once, you know, and a lot of horses missed the start first time in blinkers, and that's exactly ha- what happened with the Dave, and... Uh, uh, he did stay cool, calm and collected, I must say, uh, when that happened, Tom. And then him and McDonald got into a bit of a scuffle there where he wanted McDonald on the fence and McDonald didn't want to be there and McDonald's trying to hold him off for, uh, till uh, Bowman kicked up underneath on, on Mugger 2 and that helped uh, very elegant and made Tom make a move. And it was just a, a, a great race. It was a sprint home and then that's, that's evident when there's only 2.6 lengths covering a field like that uh, at the finish. So... Uh, that's why it, uh, it was just game on from the six six fifty or so. What did you uh, make of it uh, watching there in Melbourne, uh, Dino? Oh, I loved it. I, what I love it was a bit like uh, what James McDonald did last week uh, uh, with Nature Strip that uh, Tom ended up behind and then around uh, very elegant. Uh, and uh, it became a, a real, uh, as Duff explained, uh, all the tactics involved. But... Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know you watch the stewards' films and they're all sitting well off the rail. They're trying to you know angle into the positions they wanted, and uh, you know I probably didn't have Mawunga sitting up outside the lead, and and that's what wait for age racing is all about, the tactics. And the thing I think that's more evident about Very Elegant is we saw on Saturday that you know she did the bit of throwing the head around and not happy. She's just much better outside horses. She just won't, you know, if she's ever going to, you know throw a head around that it's when horses are around her and I, I thought Saturday was a classic example it's not so much she over races she just seems you know a bit claustrophobic if anything Munt uh, from a betting perspective uh, I, I know a day was sort of drifting on the NOP slightly I mean did, were Aussie punters getting behind him or do they just want to keep backing uh, very elegant uh, no, we, we said all, all, we said Friday Dave we said Thursday we said Friday we said Saturday you knew a Dave was going to drift well, I said it on Tuesday at the Barry draw. It was going to drift. Don't worry about that because, you know, a dry week, people are going to focus back towards Very Elegant and probably some of the others. They're not going to concentrate on a day. But we said on Saturday morning, now hang on. Surely this is going to get to a point where the putters are wanted going to step into a day because I thought uh, $2.30 or maybe even two, uh, $2.30 on Saturday morning, I said surely that's the bottom of the market. Very elegant. And at that stage on Saturday morning, uh, they were 3.10 and 2.30, I think you'll find, or close to it. And I said, well, what, what, what point is going to make someone get interested in a Dave? Well, it got to $3.60. And then they said, well, hang on. Surely these two now are too far apart. And when she was, uh, when he was 3.60, uh, very elegant was around about the $2.15 mark. 
So, you know, the gap just became too wide. Well, as they got closer to jump time, she got back to 2.30 and he got into as short as 3.20. Um, and, you know, even uh, Sir Dragonette got to $8.50 and ran around about $7. Mugatu ran probably 9 or 9.50. You know, think it over, who got into as short as 17 early in the morning, got back to 23.26. Uh, and Dallasian was always around about 33.41. Uh, the strange one was the firm for Mugatu. He was $21 into $14. And, you know, that, that was probably one where I didn't think he could possibly firm in the market. But it's all about, you know, a tipping point. And I know the tote was probably responsible for the initial drift and where he got to because she was always very, very short, the tote very elegant. And the Dave was always around, you know, the mid $4 mark. Well, I think he paid 330 or 340 on the tote. So the totes came back to what the SPs were. A couple of texts here before we take a break. I'll come to you, Duff. Um, a few blokes saying, boys, back in the day, uh, someone would have taken off and set their horse alight to try and win this race. Are jockeys too scared these days to make decisions like that in case of getting beaten too far and getting hauled in and abused by putters, stewards, etc.? Uh, yep, it's a high-pressure race as far as uh, if you make a mistake. And I think um, I, at the... Well, about the 1,000 metre mark, I was just looking at it and I'm saying, Glenn Boster's going to go. He's, he's going to go here. You can just read his mind. Uh, he's going to take off. And he he was the one I think most expected to go. And he come in and criticising himself, saying, I should have went. Um, it's easy after the ball saying things like that. But, um, you know, maybe if he did go, he wouldn't have finished off. So, mm. um, but Are we, are re- we too afraid? Are jockeys too afraid? these days to be doing something like you know you see hear those and you watch those famous Shane Dye and even Sydney racing back in the day where things would happen and you go wow okay and yes they might run last but well they mightn't be there in the finish but something at least happens um did we just play into a Dave's hands there just by all sitting around and you know he was obviously the the, the best bulldog in the at the end but if something had have taken off like if James says right I will see you later I'm going to go here I'm very elegant um you know, do, do we get filthy on him for going or do we go, mate, you actually had a crack and it just didn't work, it wasn't your day? Well, he did get going before the turn and um, I think we could go the other way with that and say, well, uh, were they going too slow for a day? Because he's a horse that's got a really, we all thought he had to crank it up exactly. at 1,000. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought maybe they would, they thought he was playing into their hands because they could out-sprint him, um, but they couldn't. It's as simple as that, and they, he just kept whacking, whacking, whacking away. But I thought their best hope for uh, for them beating a day was was if they went too slow, and he, he he's just the grinder. Where the others mm. did have a bit, of, there was a few in that race that did, could have a bit of ping in them. So I, I, you could go to the other side of the spectrum there. And just um, a, a text here before we take a break, and I'll come to all three of you for a, just a yes or no answer. On the turn, did you think a day was going to win? Uh, we'll come to you, Duff. I didn't know. I knew. I knew the two big guns were there at the right time, and their and their their heart was going to take them a long way and probably fight it out. Um, no, I, I did not know who was going to win on the turn. All right, uh, uh, Dino, did you think? I agree. No, if he was in all sorts, if you actually gave me a pick on the turn and didn't go with names, I would have gone with Think It Over. I thought he was travelling as good as anything. Uh, so it was that sort of race, uh, and you know all the different permutations we've just spoken about that, that could have happened and did happen. And I thought, uh, like Duff, I thought their best chance was to get to a day late and quick because we saw 
you know, when he's at his best, he given half a chance to fight back. He can, but uh, we saw, we saw a different element to him on Saturday. And Munns? Yeah, well, on the point of the turn, Dave, you said, well, this is where the race is, is going to hit. If something can put a half length or a length on a Dave, that's going to really make this race interesting. But when they couldn't, you knew in the back of your mind that he was really, he was there to fight back. And that's exactly how it panned out. You know, that only once, well, when, when Very Elegant got to him the other day, it looked as though she was going to put three quarters of a length on him. Well, she only put the, the biggest margin on him in the last 20 metres of the race because, you know, as, he, as his condition just gave out. So he's just one of those horses you, you can't ride off unless you've got a decent gap on him because he'll just, he'll just outfight you in the finish. And just the, just the splits in that race was just so even. You know, between the, the mile and the 1,400, it was 12.7. Between the 1,400 and the 1,200, it was 12.77. The 1,200 to the 1,000, 12.71. So how even is that? The 1,000 to the 800, they slowed up again, 12, 12.77. A little bit quicker, 800 to the 600, 12.13, and then bang, 600 to 400, 11.57, and the killer was the forward of the two at 11.15, So, and they've come home 11.75. So that shows you how that race was run. We'll take a break. Uh, if you've got a call for us, give us uh, a bell now. 13.53.53. It's the open line number. You're on Punters Postmortem. The All-Age Stakes has been a part of the Sydney Autumn since 1865. The honour roll includes champions from every era. A modern-day star stole the show in 2013. The brilliant All Too Hard. A short but stunning career saw him win his first three starts and his last three. Those three last races were all Group 1s. The CF4, the Futurity and the All-Age Stakes. Rain Affair stopping. All Too Hard wearing him down. All Too Hard takes the lead. The Glamour Cult wins. The All-Age Stakes. Group 1 glory. This Saturday on Sky Sports Radio. Like Loz's Multi, does your punters club need all the help it can get? Get sticky on the punt with Sticky Wings and let them sponsor your punters club with free chicken wings every week. Just register your details at stickywings.com.au, let them know your pub or club, and the Sticky crew will be in touch to get it all sorted. Sticky Wings, the official chicken wing sponsor of punters clubs in pubs and clubs everywhere. Register at stickywings.com.au. North Pacific, what a weapon. I remember the first time when I saw North Pacific, you just went, wow. North Pacific won the up and coming. It was like a barrier trial. He comes to the outside, North Pacific. He's the real deal, the brazen Bocock. The Golden Rose, well, that certainly showed that North Pacific was a genuine Group 1 horse. Ole Kirk, North Pacific, stride for stride. We've always had two really good colts. He uses class. Go to Newgate and have a look for yourself. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, wherever you are listening around New South Wales, good morning to you. We're taking your calls now, 13.53.53. We've got Albert on the line. Morning, Albert. How are you, boys? Albert from Kiama. I haven't spoken to you field for a while. How are you all? Good, mate. Good, Albert. Mate, what I just wanted to say, um, what an incredible two weeks from the people from the South Coast, the Robinson family. Two weeks to go, Art Cadeau, then Terry Robinson's brother-in-law, Luke and Rob Price, Robbie Price, Jamea on Saturday, the biggest race they've ever won. But it all comes, you know, Terry Robbo's won a 13. His father, Kevin, won Inter-Dominion. 
Uh, they're incredible horsemen. And, you know, I think I gave Luke Price his first win of nearly 20 years ago on a horse called Bow City. But for Robbie and Luke to win the biggest race ever and the hard work they put in, the South Coast has done extremely well. And Terry Robbo, Robbie Price, over 60, still riding track work. Terry, 67, still riding track work. It's just incredible. And all the Berry people, I mean, Chris Lawler, of the vets, Terry's cousin, uh, he looked after Art Cadeau and the others. And also Justin Lill, whose dad's got Art Cadeau, he's got the bottle shop in Berry. And the nobles who own Jamea, they're Gerringong people. So there's a lot, lot of celebration going on in the South Coast. But more importantly, what great horsemen these guys have been. Unbelievable horsemen. People I've always looked... Kevin Robertson, um, a man I've always looked right up to. He was a... Um, a great man. Uh, I've had horses with him, and the you know the family are just a beautiful family all round, and everyone. And uh, that was a, a terrific result for the prices there on Saturday, a million dollar race, and uh, they could have easily, you know, got excited and says, "Oh, she can, she's got a slot in the slipper if we want to run her in the slipper," which she wouldn't have won the slipper. So it was a master stroke of yeah, holding that's... holding her back for this race. And uh, and Tommy Berry, uh, for being so loyal, um, he he had some beautiful options in that race. Um, yeah. And you would have rolled your eyes, saying, "What are you riding Jamea for?" Uh, but he had he rode to work. He had confidence in the horse, the family, the connections, mm. and got the job done. So true, you say that, um, Duff, because I saw Tommy on Saturday night, and I asked, "Gee, you're up in the irons and." You know, he, he loves a roar, and he said, well, mate, I was. Uh, Godolphin asked me to ride one of their horses. Uh, the Ma Eustace team were also sniffing around for him to ride Crystal Bound, and he said, uh, no, I'm going down south to trial this horse, and I'm, I'm sticking solid, and it gives me a good feel, and I think that's where he gets the most, you know, a lot of satisfaction too, because, you know, he, he, he wants to win for those battlers. He's a battler at heart, TB, um, and I think that was outstanding. So excited to see where they take From the beaten brigade there, just a comment. On, uh, I mean, what do we do with a, um, a try? Uh, what? It, well, I'll come to you, Munns, because I know it was one of your best trifarsia. What do you do? Because it looked like it was travelling, and then just d- didn't didn't give us anything. She might be like me, Dave. She might need a few sessions on the couch. Um, you know, she she's just not her head's not there in the right spot. And I know at the end of the stewards' report, uh, Rachel King said, uh, in, you know, she may have uh, resented racing in the earmuffs and maybe the earmuffs were there to make her just fall out of the barriers and find the fence. But uh, she she wasn't great to begin. But funnily enough, her stablemate testimony will give her a little bit of a shorten up not long after the start. And, and that sort of fired her up. Had she, you know, she's just got to learn to put herself into the race. That's mm. all. And favourite to Duff, Najmati, very disappointing. Looked to be in the 1-1, and I thought, here we go. Yeah, no, they're very flat, and she goes for a spell now, so I think we can assess her next preparation. Um, A lot of the sectional experts and time experts said she hadn't run time. Maybe that had part to do with it, but she's better than that. Um, And I was was quite impressed with Crystal Bound. You know, I Mm. she... Is I, I was always wary a thousand to twelve hundred, but I thought she handled it quite well, and she she has a, a quite a nice future, I'm sure, as well as as lo, as well as Yearning, who's got a nice future, and I don't know about uh, I'm a big big fan of Trifacia. Um, I, I think she's I was thinking she might be the one of the best in the land, you know, but she's mentally 
whether you're going to let a fast horse run fast or they're just they're adamant they're trying to settle it, but it's not working. And um, I'm, I'm, I agree with Rachel. Leave me out of those earmuffs when in races. I, I'm not a fan of them. Uh, let's go to Mark on the line. Morning, Mark. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Look, uh, here's an observation I've made in the last few weeks in Sydney. Just off the All-Star Mile meeting in Melbourne, we were postponed at the Golden Slipper, and there were two regional uh, Victorian meetings which served us to us a lot of interstate horses coming up here, and we finished up with fantastic programming and really good runners in big fields in Sydney just off a default. So maybe the boys might have noted that. Um, another thing is, all of our tracks are on average at the moment a dead four, which is in the old, a good four in the old days, a dead track. Um, and of course, the best race for me on Saturday was the, the Sydney Cup. I thought it was marvellous. Yeah, the Sydney Cup was a great contest. And, uh, uh, and usually the two backup horses who we probably disregarded fought the finish out. So, um, Salino. Chris Weller has been adamant all the way through that he was the Sydney Cup horse. Jizzy does a lot wrong, and he's a hard ride, but and I've uh, got to give it. Jizzy there was some good rides. There was a real some real championship rides over this whole meeting, and you know it may may not have looked pretty by, by Ronnie Stewart, but any other jockey may have let that horse run mid race because he was pulling so hard. So you've got to give it to him and. Ron Donella, although she hasn't won for a long time, John got it a peak on the right day. Miami Bound had too much to do. Very legitimate excuses for, for She's Ideal and Realm of Flowers. She's Ideal missed the start and then was shoved and then probably wrong part of the track and Realm of uh, Flowers was hampered at a terrible stage of that race and mm. uh, I thought there was merit in her performance as well. All right, thank you very much, Mark. A text here, I'll come to you, uh, Dino. Um, what'd you make of the Arrowfield sprint, mate? And um, Isotope just getting um, getting nailed, well, not nailed because she was coming at Wild Order, but the, the winner was outstanding to sit, what, three deep the whole way. Yeah, there were, it was just a good race, wasn't it? And uh, surely it's a Group 1 race in waiting. Uh, Wild Ruler, as you said, terrific. Dave, Isotope, very good. Prague. I was uh, on him and uh, he just cost himself at the start. Probably should have won, but he and Amish Boy came through the new market. They both ran, I think they ran third and fourth in the new market. They reversed that on Saturday and finished well ahead of September Run, who again, uh, yeah, probably disappointed uh, away from the straight. Yeah, what do we do now for September Run? Do we just have to wait now with her? We, because that's twice in Sydney where she hasn't fired a shot. Well, you'd like to see her find some form in Sydney before you backed her, or does Chris just mm. concentrate on the spring now with her, you know, in those straight races? Uh, I yeah, she is she ran pro- well at the Valley, so I suppose you know mm. maybe it's, maybe it's just a Melbourne thing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is. But yep, good race. Uh, he he really appreciated a wider draw. Would have paced himself a bit better, Wild Ruler, and we know he's he loves Ramwick. He's four for four there now, and Isotope's a very very good filly, and I agree. He just. He, he would have won with a clean start, Prague, and I was on him as well. Uh, but that's just him. He's he's going well. He's going well, Prague. If he if he if things fall in place to him, I think he's up to the best of them. All right, back uh, on get Saturday, to... isn't he? He might. Yeah, is he going to be as effective at fourteen hundred? Yeah, I think he yeah. might be. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm quite keen he'd run well. Let's go to Jack. Morning, Jack. Good morning, boys. How are you going? Good. Just a uh, little bit of a wrap for Duff. Five. Lizzie Jules. I think it was last week you mentioned the Sydney Cup winner. But uh, Lizzie said, wait for the Sydney Cup. 
Yes. Right, thank you very much. Yeah, I didn't follow through. Day. I made a good day, a great day for me. Just want to give it up for you via Lizzie, so uh, love your show. Did Lizzie, follow, did Lizzie follow up on the broadcast on Saturday? Is it, is it the, the pick of the yard? No, I I said to Lizzie, I'm, I, I said, I'm, I know the Sydney Cup winner, the previous start when I backed him the previous week. And she says, no, 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 you're going off one week too soon. This will top him off. So she was right. But uh, I just didn't like that he was hanging, um, doing lots of things mm. wrong last week. I was all, oh, I've been all over him all the way through since he improved run, uh, but didn't follow through through bad habits. He's in mine. Yeah, well, I was actually driving when I heard you, so I thought I can uh, put a bet on straight away. Unfortunately, I got 17, not 23, but anyway, can't complain too much about that. Beautiful. Anyway, Fantastic. Happy. Thank you, Jack. Beautiful. Uh, a couple of more texts here in about Sydney, and then we'll get down and ask um, Dino about Melbourne, the big day there. Uh, Queen of the Turf Stakes. Uh, a few punters here saying, you know, um, about Natoya. I mean, is there, a, is there an excuse for Probabil, or was she just beaten by a better horse on the day? Well, she had touched too close and it got there a bit soon if you want to nitpick. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I'm not going to make excuses for her. Maybe the, she might have wanted, didn't want the two mills around the, the, the day before either. So there's yeah. little things you can pick up and say, yeah, there's excuses for her. Uh, look, she, at the end, she was, she was narrowly beaten by a short head. But uh, you, you could say that with a few more little things going right, um, Maybe just getting to the soon. They just fainted in front of her a bit soon. All right. Uh, and what about on Trevier in the last, uh, Dino? What did you make of on Trevier? Just was she beaten by the gate? Yeah, probably. Uh, she was trying hard. She just wanted to lay out a little bit late too. Uh, there were just little little things that uh, ultimately uh, maybe got her beaten. But uh, for Seeker, it was a great effort to get her back. Duff uh, didn't sound like there was a whole heap of confidence about her going in off those trials. But uh, she's a race day horse and, and turned up. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she is. And a great, you know, good training performance by Joe to get her back on track. He, he stopped immediate with, immediately with the last preparation when she, she probably um, wasn't as you know, uh, explosive as she is. So it worked. Uh, the trials were, you know, we did have everyone stopping from tipping her. and uh, But she proved them wrong. She's a real fighter and always been a good mare. She's a good filly, that, on Trevere. Uh, she's mm. been up a long time. Uh, she's, yeah. she's a really good filly. Well, I, I know they weren't savage on its chances for Seeker, but the market was. Yeah. It was twelve dollars to seven dollars fifty. I'd say that'd be on ratings, you know, on her, yeah. you know, on on her, her best peak ratings. rating. Yes. Yeah. Just wanted to go back to the Queen of the Turf. I mean, it was a great result for the race, wasn't it? When you see a Doncaster winner beat an Epsom winner, fourth was the Golden Eagle winner, uh, yeah. and I think probably says well for Quantum Mechanic, who we saw down here as a midweek uh, man not that long ago. So she's come a long way. And uh, and I think there's a filly in the race, Star L. I think she'll make up into a good mare in, in the spring. Uh, she didn't have much luck in the binary back in distance that day. I thought she ran really well. Was there an excuse for Odium? Well, he... he didn't he, come out. Yeah, he, he missed the start yeah. six lengths. You know, that was the end of him. He put his head down. Well, she put her head down at the start. And then, you know, they yeah, just give up from there. Um, I was confident she'd run really well there Saturday, but yeah. a legitimate excuse. We'll take a break. Back shortly on Punish Postmortem.
The new Pazload Frame Master is still the lightest tool in its class. Now with quicker, easier nail loading, longer fan cycle for improved performance and slip-proof grip for greater comfort. I'm making it with Pazload. Reliability, comfort, performance. It's official. Bloodstockauction.com's online yielding sale will be held April 29. With listing prices reduced to just $220 and entries strictly limited, register your yielding today to avoid disappointment. Save yourself the time and cost of a traditional auction and take advantage of our dedicated sales consultants and marketing services, including professionally written lot description. Go to bloodstockauction.com or call 1-300-849-349 today. HQ Insurance are in the business of protecting clients, offering bloodstock mortality policies including fall of hammer cover, life-saving surgery extensions and guaranteed renewal, a clause pioneered by HQ. Visit hqinsurance.com.au. Be sure, insure with HQ. At TAB, we're on a mission to deliver punters confidence they're getting the best price. Introducing the lock, a new feature on your TAB app. Just activate it when placing a tote win bet and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, we'll pay you the difference in cash. The Lock, new on your Tab app. Download today. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents, available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website, gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers Help 1-800-858-858. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, wherever you are listening across New South Wales, so you're on uh, Punters Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio, and we're taking your calls. 135353 is the open line number. We've got Alex on the line. Morning, Alex. Good morning, fellas. How are you? I love your show. Thanks, mate. What have you got for us? Um, I've got a question for Glenn. Um, I'm, I'm ready. I'm a sort of avid punter, and I, 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 I start my form on a Wednesday, and by Thursday afternoon, I'm, I'm ready to punt because I don't want any other influences. And uh, on the weekend, this is just an example, um, I backed Jamea and Sistar and I had an all-up. Only a $20 all-up, but it was $139 um, uh, was the uh, odds. But when I collected my money, I only got paid, I was supposed to get paid 2720 I got paid $1,980 and there's a big shortfall of $740 and I'm thinking, is it worthwhile me doing what I'm doing with fixed price punting or just waiting for Saturday morning? Because I, I, I feel that if you get the odds on a Thursday, they can be juicy. But when it comes to Saturday on the pay-up, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, well, what you've done, you've backed evidently, you've backed Jamea before Arcaded came out. Arcaded yeah. was a dual acceptor, about down to run at either Caulfield or Ramwick, so you knew it was only going to run at one of the two places, and yep. you're taking the odds to it running in Sydney, and you've had to cop a, a nine-cent deduction there, and in Sistar's race, which is race seven at uh, Caulfield, uh, the, uh, the, you, you got Hummer Hummer came out. Uh, see, the big, the big change in that race there was the fact that Alpha Oro was a late scratching. Now, what time did it come out, Dino? Came out very soon after race one because that was when the track was upgraded. So by about, say, half past 12, 20 to 1. 
Yeah, and, and it, well, when we did the preview, Dean, it was a $4 chance. That was at That's right, 9 yeah. o'clock in the morning. So you, you, you've copped a pretty savage haircut there yeah, uh, no, on, on race day. And yeah. and some people might say, well, you know, if I bet on race day, uh, fancy copping a late scratching. But, you know, you, you don't get that many late scratchings. They tend to, I must admit, they tend to have more in Melbourne when the track's upgraded or downgraded than we seem to have here. But uh, that, that's just the, the chance you take. There, there is no optimum time to be betting uh, when you're when you're taking doubles because your race could be three or four hours apart and, and massive things can happen in between that you know it's it's that's why they call it gambling uh, it, it's not a it's not a sure science by any stretch of the imagination and and you've just got a situation there where the, where the prepays favorites come out uh, yeah, in the middle yeah, of the day yeah. so you're copping a haircut yeah, it ha- happens to me a lot because I, you know, as I do, as I said, I like to by Thursday, I like to to pun on a Thursday. I really don't want no influences on my punning, and but yeah, I, I find a lot that it happens. But I think I've got to change my way because that was a big cut, seven hundred and forty bucks. Oh yeah, well, twenty five percent come out of the market with Alpha Oro, uh, so it is going to be a uh, a savage cut. All right, we've got another call on the line, Kurt. Morning, Kurt. Morning, Dave, Ron, Dean, Mums. How are you, boys? Hello, Kurt. Good, thank you, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. That's the shot. Hey, Ronnie, just with Joyous Legend, pretty good for a three-start horse in her career so far, eh? Third in the, in the Percy Sykes there. Yeah, I think she's a real improver with time. Uh, she's Ever since those early official trials, she's just a bit narrow and a little bit like a mother, really, more joyous. So I, I just think she's going to get better and better and better with more maturity on her side. So. And- don't and drop Ron, off her. You, Ron, I remember asking you from the beginning at the trials, because I remember you were broadcasting with uh, uh, Lizzie. You said that before she even raced, Ronnie. So you noticed that in the trials there, exactly what you just said there. Yeah, yeah she's a, a talented baby. Yeah. That's what she is. She's very... You stick with her. I will, mate. And Ron, um, just this... Um, I'm just wondering for a bit of new blood. I, I'm with Animo in the prenoms. I know God will get me with that. But well, he already know. has. Well, well, he already has. He's not going <laughs> yeah. to the champagne. Oh, well, that's champagne. all right. I was going to ask, Ronnie, Glen Eagles, ex-Busserton young horse that had its first run for David Payne. Did you see that victory, Ron, on debut for David? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, Is I did. Is he going there? I don't know. Um, I don't... Well, I haven't heard... I, uh, You'll find um, out at 11 o'clock this morning when noms are taken. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, nah. And Munns? Yes, Kitty. Munns, I've got three horses I selected ages ago, and I'm just waiting for the markets to come out. I want On Where's the SA Derby, the Queensland Oaks, and the Australasian Oaks? When are they coming out, Munns? Uh, well, I'd say, uh, Kurt, we'd wait for the nomination stage there. The, the, the big group ones, we tend to do pre-nom markets. Well, you have. No, no offence to those races, but... Uh, no offence to the, the the SA Derby, the Queensland Oaks and the Australian Oaks, but they're, they're not probably the, the, the major group one races of the carnival. For example, you know, we've got markets up on the Tab Classic. We've got the 10,000 up, the Goodwood, the Doomben Cup, the Stratty uh, and the Q22. Um, they're, they're there, uh, but I'd say they'd be waiting for the norms, Kurt. Mm. All right, no, that's cool because Munza, I know you probably can't pay attention to everything, but the amount of horses that are going to, well, at least uh, at least with the SA Derby, I would have thought that one's up. But I just, I'll give you my three tips for those. Hella, it come out after the Strut Stakes and won a twenty one hundred a couple of weeks ago, and then it come out yesterday in a, albeit 
currently. It was an 84 there over a yeah. mile, and it was only a four-horse race. They're all scared of her already down there. So, um, yeah, that, that's my, uh, that's my um, Australasian Oaks horse down there for Scotty Brunton. Uh, Queensland Oaks, I'm going for Yatton. Um, and in the SA Derby, I've already told you, boys, I'm, I've got what's the name, uh, Deep Strike. But, Dino, can I just ask you about one horse that I've, you know I've been asking you for years, and obviously, oh, who knows if he's, if he's getting better with the, with the injuries, but do you remember Tarwin, uh, Dino? Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, don't, I haven't had an update recently on Tarwin, Kurt. Um, I was only thinking of him the other day because he won the Super Vobus Gold Guineas about two years ago and I don't know if I've seen him much since. So, uh, no, he hasn't been at the trials or anything, I don't think, in recent times. He's listed as spelling, um, so he's not retired. Um, Unfortunately, his main part owner uh, passed away, so there was probably a bit of a time hold up there as well, but he hasn't raced since September 2019. So, yeah, he's... well and truly on the sidelines. Uh, now, Kurt, got a message through from the boys in the office. Lovely to have them tuning in on this Monday morning yep. to uh, Punters Postmortem. Uh, those two South Australian races will be up on Tuesday. Ah, uh, cheers, man. And Glenn Eagle, Kurt. <coughs> and, uh, Kurt, I thought you'd be telling us about Avantage. Oh, Ronnie! Oh, Kurt! What you What you wait so long for, Kurt? I was waiting for you. Probable entry of air in Amarillina, the original, mate, the original. There, she's a tried and true performer, isn't she, Kurt? Just on Glenn, on Glenn Eagles. Look, I know David Payne's a good trainer, but going from from a thousand to a mile is a little bit tough, Kurt. Second up, he might be a Brisbane horse. Might be. Uh, back to Melbourne here, Dino. A few ticks about uh, the size guineas. Uh, Craig Gurrell's always been a nice horse. What do you make of Ripper Rita? Uh, she did a good job to win. Uh, it was a very slowly run race and a dash home, and it was a great ride by Jamie Mott. Uh, he got round and got going whilst Jamie Carr just got held up on Bo Rossa. I don't think, uh, unless he runs in a half a million dollar restricted race again, we'll see Bo Rossa in a 1600 metre race. Even though he nearly won, I just don't think he, he, he's more of a dynamic sprinting sort of horse uh he ran very well but uh and same for miss in between i think about 1400 pulls her up but ripper rita is a handy yeah probably an off-season sort of filly these this was a really high prize money race for pretty much a, about a benchmark 70 all right uh, what about finance tycoon in the uh, the showdown worth what a half a million to the winner i mean it, it, it's nice looking back on form, seeing that, you know, that blue diamond and even that Magic Millions form, it's sort of stacking up uh, in, Absolutely. in this part of the season, yeah. I think, yeah, he if he, he probably missed one dance and gone to the slippery to run very well. Uh, yeah, but he'd been to the, as you said, the Magic Millions. He finished right beside Animo in the blue diamond and he ran very, very fast time on Saturday and won by a big margin. Uh, yeah, I would think he's a... He's won down the straight, so I'd think he's a Coolmore horse in the spring. Uh, you know, he's why isn't he one of the top four or five colts going around at the moment? Uh, as a two-year-old, I think he's an absolute beauty, and uh, he proved that on Saturday. What did you make of Sistar and the Bella Spree? And what do we do with Lyre? She just keeps running into one better. Well, that's just her. I mean, what Lyre can't do is for a backmarker, she has she doesn't charge through and sprint. She just keeps building her speed. And if the runs keep coming like Saturday, she keeps getting through and runs well. But she just 
couldn't peg back uh, Sistar. It was, it was a funny race because it looked like they were going really hard there, uh, Sistar and Ancestry, but the, the times don't back that up at all. So no wonder Sistar kept going, even though she over-raced a little bit. Pike still got her to get into some sort of rhythm. Uh, sort of Mercy ran well. Reykjavik might be one for the Warnable Carnival, ran well there. And uh, Prophet's Thumb, was I, I was really keen on her on Saturday after the scratching of Alpha Oro and... Uh, back to her old ways of missing the start and just put her in the bad spot and she's been beaten less than two lengths but she was uh, she was in trouble right from the get-go. And what's the Nick Ryan story? Man? So he's moving to Flemington and has the double um, at Caulfield, is that correct? I saw that. He moved to Flemington yeah. uh, the Easter weekend and uh, yeah, he rolled out uh, two, the first two winners on Saturday. Muhammad Ayas, who's been a uh, stable stalwart, uh, there's no... No shock there that he'd win a race like that. He's won on this Super Vobus day before, but uh, the benchmark 78 winner, Dice Roll, uh, he was a Group 1 place getter in the French Guineas as a three-year-old, purchased in Hong Kong, uh, barely beat a horse home in Hong Kong, um, looking at his record, um, and uh, he'd had uh, nearly, what, 18 months off. He trialled really well, but you just it was a leap of faith to think he'd do it race day, but he did, and uh, they collected uh, well too, I think. All right, we're going to take another break on Punters Postmortem. If you've got a question, now's your last opportunity before we get the boys' horses to follow. So give us a call, 135353. The All Age Stakes has been won by some of our greatest and bravest. Like Haylist, his class won him three Group 1s, including the 2011 All Age Stakes, and his charisma in four brave losses to Black Caviar won him even more acclaim. The nine-year-old Haylist lost his battle with laminitis in 2015 and was buried standing up facing the sun. But it's all Haylist. There's no black caviar today. And Haylist romps it. It was easy for Boss One by Three. The All Age Stakes Group One Glory this Saturday on Sky Sports Radio. North Pacific. What a weapon. I remember the first time when I saw North Pacific you just went, wow. North Pacific won the up and coming. It was like a barrier trial. He comes to the outside, North Pacific. He's the real deal, the brazen Bocock. The Golden Rose, well, that certainly showed that North Pacific was a genuine Group 1 horse. Ole Kirk, North Pacific, stride for stride. We've always had two really good colts. He uses class. Go to Newgate and have a look for yourself. In the heart of Sydney is the ultimate day where Royal Randwick knows how to play. So come one and all, let down your hair. A winner can come from anywhere. Get your fun back on track at Schweppes All Age Stakes Day, featuring world-class racing, pop-up bars and live music entertainment. Schweppes All Age Stakes Day, April 24 at Royal Randwick. Book now at theracers.com.au. Tickets are limited. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, and it's been a good show so far. We've got uh, plenty of calls coming in, and we've got uh, Michael now on the line. Uh, morning, Michael. Morning, boys. How are you? Thank you for the coverage. Um, is it the demise of the Waterhouse stable? Um, they got nothing, had nothing Saturday, you know, like... What's going on there? And the Hawks seem to be one trick pony stable. They win two and three year old races. Like this North Pacific, it's gone all out Kirk. Um, Wayne Hawks seems to get the best out of in Melbourne. Any opinions on all this stuff going on? And they've got no weight for eight horses, hardly nothing in, you know, four year old or anything. 
forces to win the big races are coming from overseas, you know? So what's wrong going on, you know? Thank you. Well, the Waterhouse Bot Stable started, the first, off the, started off the day yeah. well. They had li- limited runners on the day. Um, the big stables these days with these two-year-olds, it's their job to try and make stallions out of them for these, um, the owners. That, the, the, you know, it's not a bad effort from the Hawks table to have three stallions going to start this season, I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's well. They're not pressing on, but uh, I thought uh, I thought Vangelic ran really well too. Uh, for she did. The she was unlucky. Stable. Yeah, she's she's in great form. We all sort of say, don't we? Ah, oh, you know, we'd love to see them race, but if you put yourself in the owner's shoes, if you've got a horse like North Pacific and someone says, "Here's thirty million, you, you drive it up to the Hunter Valley yourself in the back of the car. Um, let's get to. Is it Mark on the line? Morning, Mark. Yeah, morning, boys. Uh, just a question for Dino and, and both Duff. Mawunga, what do you make of Mawunga? Gee, I reckon he's going to be a nice horse. He's he just got that flat spot. and He was getting going again on the line on Saturday. What do you reckon? What do you reckon of him as a four-year-old? I think he's going to be a nice horse. Yes, um, he's another one you have to... They were sort of in the deep end there. He's won his group one. Do you try and win a Doncaster in the same old story? You know, he's worth more winning a Doncaster than he is as a derby if they want to, you know, actually treat him as a stallion prospect. And I think that's what happened as far as running him in the Doncaster. And he was very dour there on Saturday. He's a good horse. He's a good yeah. horse. I'd love him to have gone into that race without the Doncaster run. Yes, Yep. Yeah, straight from the Rose Hill Guineas. Uh, I, yeah, I think he's. A, I think he's learnt a lot this time in. Like last time in, he he had very little race smarts at all, and we saw that in the Corfu Guineas. But straight from his first up run in the CSA Stakes, he put himself into the race a little bit, and uh, I think he's learnt a lot this time in. Beautiful. Thank you very much for that, uh, Mark. A uh, couple of questions here in relation to uh, the uh, races that were on uh, Saturday, and just moving forward to this Saturday. Uh, all Age Stakes Day. Have you got um, anything you've sort of been waiting for in this All Age Stakes, or do you think it's now? Uh, I mean, there's a bit of an X factor there with Poland. I see going that way. Yeah, it's a hard race to uh, to have an opinion of before you see acceptances, and then you got the Mask Crusader, who looks the obvious favourite, and at fourteen hundred metres, and you know there's a couple of fresh horses on the scene there, your Tagaloas, and a few that have been held back for it as well. So I think it's one of those races, it's hard to have an opinion um, early on until you see the makeup of the field. All right. Uh, what about uh, this one, Dino? Just wondering uh, where the Ma Eustace horse are hitting with a three-year-old called Dundurt Cheat. Is that, that's the name of it? Is it Dundurt Cheat? Dundurt Cheat. Cheap. Cheap. Yeah. Uh, I think it will be competitive in SA or Queensland. That's from Brad. Do you know... Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair call. I don't know which way it's going. They've got such a um, nearly an embarrassment of riches in that sort of category with Explosive Jack, uh, Through Irish Eyes, Done Dirt Cheap, uh, Let's Crack a Deal. They're all very similar sort of horses. It's just sort of hand-picking them which way they'll go. Uh, we've got the St. Ledger on Sunday. I'd imagine one of them will run in that. Uh, and I, I would have thought it would be through Irish eyes. But, uh, yeah, then, then the next few weeks they'll, they'll be able to place all of those horses. And there's probably a couple of others I've even forgot. Grand Slam's another one I've forgotten. I think he's still going on to something in the next few weeks. So, yeah, they've got, uh, they've got plenty of uh, firepower in that three-year-old Colts and Geldings ranks, and Dundurt Cheap is certainly one of them. Okay, beautiful. Uh, did anyone see the coverage on Saturday, apart from Sky Thoroughbred Did you watch Sky 1, any of you boys? 
Uh, I don't um, know whether you know this, Dave, but we're there concentrating on Ramwick, um, Eagle uh, Farm and, and Kembler. You know, the t- no, there's a, a few, few texts here about uh, split screens or something, and I wasn't watching the Sky One coverage, so if anyone doesn't have a comment well, split there... Split screens, it's, it's the, the talking point at the moment, Dave, when uh, there's there's a, an edict there that certain races have to be put on so far out from that particular race, and traditionally, I'd say probably high 90% of races run late... And I think that's jammed, what it's all about. I think you're, you're running in, late. Yeah, for example, um, the New South Wales Provincial Meeting is traditionally four minutes, program four minutes after the Melbourne Metropolitan Meeting on a Saturday. Uh, and, you, you get, and you're supposed to be there to that uh, meeting 90 seconds before because it's a New South Wales race. Um, and you run a minute late in uh, Melbourne or, you know, maybe 90 seconds late, that, that's when it all jams up. And, and it, it gets worse as the day goes on because you've got so many races and Sky One are trying to fit in so many races. But now you've got to realise uh, the big thing used to be, oh, it's bumped to Sky 2, it's bumped to Sky 2. Sky Two's free. Whether or not we have to recondition the way we broadcast races on Sky 2, whether we yeah, have... Well, Perth got bumped a lot Saturday to Sky yeah. 2, that's fine. Yeah, but yeah. It, it got bumped uh, probably... Four or five races Saturday, uh, Perth. Uh, yeah, it's still one of our feature meetings. Well, let's face it. Everyone, everyone wants to run late. Um, it's an old, it's an old theory. You know, for you the, run late for the pool. Yeah, for the oh. pool. So oh, the Miracle but, Mile at the Trots used to run three or four minutes late every year just to build the pool up. Yeah, but yeah. so that's what they're trying to stop them doing. Um, they, they, you know, you can't. I understand. That you know everyone wants to run a little bit late, but they they got to the, they got to play the play the game and let everyone have a, a fair go at getting on TV. If they run to yeah, time, I, I don't think I, there's an issue. I think Munns makes a really good point about the fact that Sky Two is free now. We've got this mentality that oh, if you get bumped to Sky Two, it's no good. I mean, we've got what four different racing channels in this country. Uh, you know, we've well, got five. If you include well, free five, actually, yeah, five. Uh, so I, I I don't know why we have to have everything on the on Red Channel. I don't know why we've. I think it's just an old school mentality. Really, it'd be great in one day if that was all split. Uh, so you and had well, well, let's a create a new name. And, let's yeah. create a new name. Let's not call it yeah. Sky One and Sky Two. No. There's a connotation yeah. that Sky Two is an inferior uh, inferior meetings are broadcast yeah. on Sky Two. Let's let's Sky invent Sky the whole extra. way the the broadcast exactly. is done. And, and then that way, then if you knew that you were betting in Perth and the whole Perth meeting was going to be on Sky Extra or whatever, um, the way you go. So let's get some butcher's paper and some crayons, and uh, we'll have a meeting and we'll work it out in it another Zoom, 18, 24 months. Sorry, mate, I've got another four balconies to be on this spring, mate. So that's all right. You can, <laughs> you can do the heavy lifting. You can do the heavy lifting months. Oh, we'd all like we'd all like half an hour. We'd all like half an hour racing over winter, but the, the clock doesn't. There's too much racing, so the clock doesn't work for that. Otherwise, I reckon we would have half an hour racing over winter. And remember, right, racing um, is funded by turnover. Yes, that's right. It's exactly so, right. Yeah. Mm. Go, Dino. You were going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say that. So, um, you know, the, the, would the Melbourne turnover be better than the Kembla turnover? That was that would have been my, yeah, my point. But I think that the Sky One Two connotation is a big thing. It, Call them something different and and take yeah. that you know because it's free. Take the, it's not a stigma, but it, it sounds inferior and it it shouldn't be. And I'm sure there's uh, people getting paid more than us 
doing that. But it, it's not a matter of that there's not enough real estate. There's plenty of real estate to show the races. As I said, you go to some countries and they they would love five racing channels. Uh, we're pretty blessed, so it's just a matter of just you know maybe using them better. Horses to follow. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we'll start with you, Duff. What do you like? Uh, a race we didn't mention was the South Pacific Classic. Like, I know we got all the favours up front, uh, Ellsberg, but he is a different beast this time. I mean, he's a lovely horse, lovely horse. He can he can go on and win a big race. And I, considering the way that race was run, I think Rainbow Connection's worth following as well. So we have the same race for me, Ellsberg, Rainbow Connection. All right, perfect. Dino? Uh, yeah, a few from Saturday. Approach Discreet, who you saw win a staying race uh, on wet ground. He's he's going to have a good winter. He ran well first up. Uh, the same for Credence, who's probably a higher level up, but a, a stayer as well. Uh, he ran well first up, and I keep batting up for Vowmaster, but again, uh, no luck. That wasn't of his doing. He just ran into a dead end, and when he got clear, the race passed him by. Yep. And Munns? Uh, well, I like to get wide, Dave. Um, and I thought Diva Bella went very, very uh, well in the provincial championships, considering it's only a benchmark 64 horse, uh, eligible for Class 2 races in the bush or the provincials. And whilst at the provincials, one of Joey Pride's there had its second run back from a spell at Kembla. Always wide, see Echo. Uh, comes out of that Selena Dreaming race at Warwick Farm, the strongest midweek race we've had for a long while and ran a very, very competitive race. That was only 1,200, a little bit of an increase in distance there. Now we're at the end of the carnival. We've got to start to be looking a little bit wider, Dave. All right, fantastic. Uh, boys, we'll see you next Monday. Uh, looking forward to it. And the carnival will continue on. Obviously, we've got uh, the All-Age Stakes. And then before you know it, we'll be out to Hawkesbury. And I believe are you guys going to be doing something out at uh, the Royal in a couple of weeks, Duff? Uh, yeah, I think we might be doing yeah. the Calcutta um, yeah. for Pete. Deep in negotiations, Dave. <laughs> uh, he's a good man. Max Maskson's uh, acting on our behalf yeah. and a few um, other people. He's a good man, Peter Wynn. I tell you what, you'll be very well fed. And um, it's uh, it, what he's done to that pub out there is outstanding. Dino, uh, what have we got? Where, how far? How long to the bull? Someone asked me yesterday. It's only a couple uh, of weeks. Two weeks. To, two weeks tomorrow. Yes, that day we've got the anniversary vase at Caulfield. Sunday, the St Ledger for uh, Anzac Day at Flemington. So, uh, just, a couple of good races on, on the bull because there's a couple of texts here. Is there anything we should be looking for in particular? Like you just mentioned before about Reykjavik. I mean, these trainers love getting their horses set to be peaking on the day. Is there anything we should be watching over the next couple of weeks? You know, any particular runners? Do we watch Lindsay Smith runners? See how they're going, and maybe yeah. if we like their runs, put them in the black book. Well, yeah, I think Lindsay's, you know, it's his second bull carnival. He'd be pretty keen to uh, back up what he did last year winning the Cup. Uh, the Ma Eustace team will be massive there. Uh, you can just see they've got horses getting ready, even for maidens. You can just see them uh, angling up uh, for horses. So, uh, yeah, I'd be uh, taking notice of uh, anything uh, the Western Districts like yesterday at Tarang, uh, anything... Maybe even today at uh, Achuca, the time frame's perfect for them to go two weeks to the bull. So uh, I would think uh, the next few days we'll see a lot of the bull winners uh, stepping out. Beautiful. Have a great Monday, guys. Enjoy, and we'll chat to you next week. See you, guys. Thanks, guys.